podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy, and joining me today is Katie and Cameron. And we're here to talk about a Watford thrashing, an absolute battering of Preston. 5-1 winners Watford ran out yesterday. Will Keane put the visitor, uh, put the host driver 1-0 ahead and Watford come back in truly magnificent style to get another three points on the road. Uh, but before we do all that, first things first, Katie, how are you doing? You all good? Yeah, I'm all good. Um, back at home for Christmas, so that's always nice. Um, mm. And obviously loving watching Watford at the moment. So yeah, no, I'm all good. Good stuff. And Cameron, even though I spent all day with you yesterday, how are you doing, mate? You all good? Yeah, good. Just recovering from a, a nasty cold. It's that time of year again, but um, made much, much better by by Watford getting a huge win away. Yeah, How about yourself? yeah, it definitely helps. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm I'm fine. I thought I'd be absolutely knackered today because uh, I had some drive. So Saturday morning, uh, I was in Birmingham because we had a, a work Christmas do. We went to Birmingham on Friday night. Woke up Saturday a little bit hungover, but well enough to sort of drive and function. Um, had to drive from Birmingham to Nottingham to pick you up and then Nottingham to Preston and then Preston back to Nottingham and Nottingham to Lincoln. So I was absolutely flat on my feet when I got in. Yeah, um, sorry about that. No, you're all good. You're all good. But I got in, I think I got in about nine o'clock, um, had a beer and sort of, just sat there and went through Twitter because obviously driving, not able to go through Twitter, etc., and just sort of relive it. So, yeah, um, absolutely amazing. I mean, I think what what makes it best as well, and, and thanks for those that are watching at the moment. Uh, Finlay Fish says, "Come on, you horns," and Mark Schofield says, "Absolutely superb performance from Hamer in goal to the much maligned Bio up front. Uh, two players which we'll I'm sure we'll talk about, but I think." The the victory definitely comes as a surprise because when that team who's come out at two o'clock, you know, Cam, me and you were sat in Weatherspoons and we were sort of like, what? So there were four changes made from the Ipswich game, which, let's be honest, I think it needed to happen. I think we needed to ring the changes because the, the team were looking very tired and, um, you know, the... The changes, we know how relentless the championship season is. So we were happy that changes were made. But there were four changes. So the team was Hamer, then it was Sierra Elsa, who Lewis, um, Livermore, Kone, Sema, Bio, Deli Bashiru, Martins, and Kayembe. Um, now, Deli Bashiru was actually occupying that right back role. Katie, when you saw that team lose, along with all the other Watford fans, were you thinking, what the bloody hell am I looking at? Or was you like, do you know what? We need to bring the changes, so I'm all right with it. Or was you a little bit worried? I was like a bit of both. I was kind of like, oh, not sure how to feel about this. But then I was also like, I understand that players need to be rested. There needs to be some fresh legs on that pitch. So I was sort of like, oh, we'll see what happens. I thought that we would struggle because I was like, we've dropped some players who have literally played all, every single game for us. But I wasn't like, oh, lost all hope. But I was glad that we were able to see people like Delhi Bashiru and, um, you know, I was happy that Bayo got to start and stuff. So, yeah, I, I was happy, but I was a bit like, oh, well, see, see, how we, see how we do. Absolutely. And Cam, as I say there, you know, me and you were sat in Weatherspoons. Any of those changes were you a bit sort of you wouldn't have done? Would you have gone any different? And do well, secondly as well, do you think the changes needed to be made? At that point, I was more worried about that point arriving on time, to be honest. <laughs> really Weatherspoons in, in Preston yesterday. Not that anyone's going to be watching from there, but your service <laughs> is shocking. Sort it out. <laughs> Yeah, look, the, we uh, we saw on uh, on Tuesday night against Liverpool that the players were visibly more tired than in previous games. I think, um, yeah, it was it's been mentioned that Aspria looked looked tired. So, yeah, I think the changes were justified. Obviously, Ryan Andrews, he's not meant to be playing so much at at such a young age, and he's having to get through four ninety minute games in a row. Um, mm. 
without any cover. So yeah, look, thinking about um, what Delhi Bashiro actually brings to a team, he's not too dissimilar from Ryan Andrews from a, an on the ball perspective. He he sort of he likes to drive with it. He's got a bit of pace about him, and uh, yeah, he's generally quite a positive player. And yeah. he wouldn't have been my first pick to uh, put a right back, but I um. I see the thinking there, and actually, that's quite a good shout from from Val. I think. Yeah, I mean, yesterday, I mean, the first half itself as a whole, it, it very much screamed like a, a, you you could tell that it was a team where we'd made quite a few changes, and you know, um, Delhi Bashiro uh, over at, at right back, he was struggling. You know, did a couple of things all right, but he was struggling. And, you know, me and you sort of said, Martins perhaps wasn't tracking back and helping him as, as much as, you know, Tom would have probably liked. And I think yesterday's first half performance was very much a performance from a team that doesn't play much together, you know. Um, and you could tell that it was one that rang the changes. One thing I like about this team at the moment, we're obviously seeing a lot of the same starting eleven week after week and game after game. And that's good because it brings confidence and it brings a nice pattern and players know how each other's play. And when you ring the changes, obviously there's going to be a little bit of disruption. So, um, you know, that's to be expected. But it was quite um, not the best start yesterday to the first half, was it, Katie? Preston were very much, you know, they, you could tell that their game plan was, right, if Watford want to keep the ball... We're going to just play ugly, you know, make it uncomfortable for him, stop any sort of um, any pattern Watford can get into and make it a real scrap. And, and Preston had the better of the first half, didn't they? Yeah, I, I mean, apart from a few chances that we had, I thought that Preston were definitely better in the first half. And obviously when they went 1-0 up, I was like, oh, I think this is going to be really tough. I couldn't really see us finding our way back into this game just because they were very on the front foot we couldn't really seem to get hold of the ball and they were having chance after chance after chance like when they scored it was coming so mm. I, I was the first you know 25 minutes was quite a hard watch like you just saw that the team weren't really linking up how they've done in the past but you know we managed to kind of pull ourselves together in the end yeah and, and one man who was crucial to it staying one nil yeah, at long periods yesterday, Cam, was Ben Hamer. And we have obviously seen him come in when Backman got suspended for his red card at Leicester. And he's kept his spot ever since. And fair play to Val. A lot of managers would have just put, you know, OK, Hamer, you're in the next game. And then Backman, you're you're back in straight away. But he's kept his spot. And he's been bloody deserving of, of keeping that spot. Because yesterday, as I say, not a great start from us in the first half. You know, couldn't really get a, a tempo going, couldn't really get a pattern of play going, a few misplaced passes. Kono was caught on the ball a couple of times. Ken just couldn't get into the game. But Hamer has got, he, he's got to take the plaudits because there was a couple of chances they had. And if it wasn't for Hamer, I mean, I think it was, was it Miller had one where he clawed it out. It, it was it was destined for top bins and he clawed it out. Uh, he obviously made that one on, on the line as well. And he was absolutely superb in that first half yesterday, wasn't he, Cam? Well, yeah, absolutely. not just the first half, but I think we saw more the first half because we were so under threat. Yeah, yeah. Without him making those saves, we don't go and win that game. Uh, the important thing when you don't turn up for the first half is just try and keep yourselves in it just in time to, to get to half-time get the team talk and then you, you work from there. And that's exactly what Hamer did. He kept us in that game. Um, one save you forgot to mention was the, the very first one from Jordan Story's header. That yes. looked for all the world that it was in from, from where we were sat. And yeah, he somehow got over to it. So yeah, he's, um, he's justifying his inclusion more and more by the week since that first half against Norwich where I thought he should have done a bit better for one of their goals. He um, He's looked really, really comfortable. And I don't think it's just down to his saves either. I think he's he's so comfortable with the ball at his feet. Yeah. He's, his passing is just so much more assured than Daniel Backman's. And I'm 
I'm more than happy for him to to continue in goal for us. I'd obviously like us to be proactive and sign a keeper, but if Hamer's in goal for us over Backman, I don't mind that whatsoever. Yeah, I, what you said there about him being more comfortable with the ball couldn't be any truer. There were a couple of times yesterday where we were passing around at the back, especially on goal kicks. You know, I think Hoot would be over on the left side and Hamer would actually move over to the right side on a goal kick and they'd pass it around at the back. And there was a couple of times where the Preston pressing player was was coming, he was getting very close to Hamer. And I think just from just from years of watching Batman, I, I sort of, I was like, oh, shit, shit. And then he'd just be calm and he'd pump the ball upfield. And, you know, there was a, um, I think he did it in the first half, Cam, where we both turned to each other. And I think Bayo brought the ball down and it was like, he just killed it stone dead. And he, he was so, so precise with his, um, with his passing. And like you say, so, so comfortable on the ball. I mean, Another player I want to talk about as well, Bio. Yesterday, I was made up for Bio. Really delighted. We'll get we'll get onto his goals in a little bit, but he had a chance in the first half. Kate, he was you sort of thinking, "Oh God, here we go again." Like Bio started for the first time in however long, and he gets a golden chance. Kayembe plays a brilliant ball through to him, one on one. He gets past the keeper, and much like he did against Middlesbrough. And unfortunately, Watmore was there on the line. I don't think he knew too much about it, to be honest. But he was in the right place at the right time, stopped it from going in. But was you a little bit worried that it was going to be sort of one of them days for Bio and he might not get the opportunities to, to go and score again? Yeah, I think as well. So we see that a lot with him when he plays. Like He's almost just that one step away from scoring. Every game, he gets taken off as he's like had like three chances where he's nearly made it and he just can't get that goal. And I do think that when that happened, I was thinking, oh, I mean, like like you said, it, he was in the right place at the right time. Like there's not really a lot of the, that could have been done. But <clears throat> I did think, well, we could be in a, you know, th that was the chance, that was it, that was the goal. Um, but he he does better, I think, Bayer does. Like, especially someone like Ryvich, he wouldn't have even got in those positions. Like, his press is so much better and you see it in games. He's a lot more clinical, a lot more technical than Ryovic. And I feel like that's where he has, he is better because I think mm -hmm. that he can get in those positions, regardless of, he might not score all the time, but he, he presses the keeper. He can go round the keeper. He can chip the keeper. He can do whatever, but sometimes it's just his end product isn't always the best. Yeah, me, me and Cam said exactly that yesterday. The, the, the difference watching... A striker like Bio play compared to Ryovic. I mean, the pressing for one, Bio just he just works and works and works his socks off. And yeah, I mean, I I there were a few moans and groans when Bio missed that, and a few people sort of uh, shared their thoughts when Bio missed that. But I thought that was quite harsh because Bio literally took it round the keeper and shot at the earliest opportunity he could. He he can't help it if there's a defender in the way, and I think it was a bit harsh, but. I was a little bit worried that it might be one of them games for Bio. And just going back on Hamer, uh, Mark Schofield said, Hamer equals best goalkeeping for performance by a Watford keeper for a long time. If this doesn't cement his place in the team, I don't know what will. And then Joe, obviously Joe from the podcast, he says, I think the back four look a lot calmer with Hamer behind them as well. He's got a superb presence be between the sticks. And then Adam Rose said, Hamer is the Bosman Bossman. That's a, that's a brilliant nickname for him. But I, I think with Hamer as well, just going back on Hamer, I think it's he's always been that sort of presence. When when uh, when um, Valerian Ishmael, I couldn't think of his name then, uh, yeah. when Valerian Ishmael named the leadership squad, Hamer was in it. And a lot of the people were like, what? what? Why, why does he put Hamer in it? And, and I think we're starting to see that now. One thing I noticed yesterday, if you fast forward right to the last kick of the game, was there free kick on the edge of the box? And I don't know if Hamer saved it or it went wide because if he saved it, there wasn't enough time for the corner or it just went wide and the ref just blew up there. But the first thing that happened when that final whistle went, that every single player ran over to Ben Hamer and surrounding him, hugging him. They were buzzing for him. They knew he had a superb game. And then right at the end, when they come over to the fans, they all pushed him, 
so he could go in front of the rest of the players and get the plaudits from the fans. You can tell that that team absolutely love Ben Hamer. And if he's going to continue playing like that, then, you know, bring it on uh, because he was absolutely superb yesterday. But um, that wasn't before he did concede, unfortunately. 27 minutes in, we saw Keane. It uh, was quite a, a, a clever little finish, actually. I think he, he let it come through and then he sort of healed it in. And uh, I think it was Miller, their guy, that uh, made the goal. And Cam, he gave us living hell yesterday, didn't he? Poor old Tom Delibashiru having to play out of position. And he comes up against a, a, a young prospect from Liverpool who's absolute dynamo. He, he was their best player by country mile yesterday. Yeah, it was akin to Amari Hutchinson's performance against us yeah. on Tuesday. We've uh, we've had a, a bit of trouble from wingers last couple of games. I felt terrible for Tom Daly Bashir because it was quite rare that um, Martin's tracked back to help him out. He was always 1v1 with Miller and Miller got the better of him every time, I think. Mm. For this goal, it's... Um, yeah, it's it's not quite good enough from Tom. He's not close enough to his man. It, it's understandable because he's not a right back. And um, you'd want a bit better from your players in the middle as well there because Sierra Outer has no idea that... Um, who was it? Keane. Uh, he has yeah. no idea that Keane was behind him. And yeah, we he just needed to be a bit more aware. And yeah, we needed someone to follow that run. Absolutely. And I don't know if you saw this watching at home, Kate. He put we we definitely saw it because it was aimed at us. Will Keane, when he wheeled away in celebration, shoved the uh the, the traveling Watford fans. And I would have loved to have seen his face at full time. I'm thinking you absolute muppet. Fancy shushing a team at one nil. Um although <laughs> I did I didn't see it, and I think you guys would have seen it at home. Bio shushed the um home fans. When he scored 43 minutes on the clock, obviously we go one nil down, and I think me and you spoke about this the other day, Katie, on on one of the podcasts. It's at that time now with how Watford have been playing recently, where if we go one nil down, last season it's like, oh no, okay, how many is it going to be? And it's a you know gloomy day, it's dark, it's cold. You're in Preston, it's cold and everything else, and. You're like, right, okay, well, what's he's going to finish? And we've got a long old drive back. But since, well, just recently, we've, we have we just keep going. And Bio put us level 1-1, 43 minutes on the clock. I thought Hoop was going to shoot. And I think he maybe lined it up to shoot again the second time after he, he sent their guys for a hot dog with the, the fake pass. And <laughs> it was a brilliant cross. And Bio was there low down to head it in. Shush the home fans probably saw that Will Keane did that to us. And I'm d absolutely delighted for Bio. He gets a goal. He's he's back in the team and back amongst the goals. But that's one thing that we've been seeing, isn't it, Katie? We go one nil down and we're not we're us as fans aren't there watching, thinking, how many is it gonna be? We've got that belief that right, one nil down, not a problem. Let's go. And sometimes I'm not saying this should be the the, the right way. But sometimes that's what Watford need to give us a bit of a kick up the arse is to go a goal down and then come out the traps because when that goal went in then, the complete dynamic of the game changed for me. Yeah, I was literally just going to say sometimes we need that goal to a bit as a bit of a wake-up call to be like, OK, guys, like we need to get back in this. And sometimes even someone like, I don't know, Jake Livermore might be like, that is like where he might take the boys aside and be like, Guys, come on now! Like we're better than this. We know that we can get back in this. Um, I do think sometimes I definitely have noticed. Like we've been saying, every time we go a goal down, I'm not thinking we're out of this. Mm. Even even though the first half performance wasn't brilliant, I wasn't like thinking, "Oh, like I'm really concerned" because we did have chances, and yeah. Preston looked good. But I was thinking there's still belief this squad like you I just can't ever write them off after what we've proven in the last couple games you can't ever I just can't think yeah like we're gonna give up now and just let them have this win because we can't be bothered mm. and you mentioned there you know Preston they, they might have been on a bit of a, a rocky road recently but they they are up there you know they, they I think we're still a point behind them and they they were eighth before the game 
And you can see why, because they do make it ugly for teams and they do get in your face. They sort of kill the, the momentum in the game. And you can imagine, you know, you, you if you're a team low on confidence, you're coming up against Preston and they're going to make it difficult for you and get in your face and, and sort of be, be scrappy and it's a bit shithousery at times. And sometimes that works. And if it works and gets you points in the championship, you've got to applaud it. But luckily for us, we were able to... Uh, to, to oversee that wobble in the first half. And, and Cam, the thing that changed the game, 16 seconds into the second half, we see that kickoff routine from Preston where um, it goes back to Woodman. They all uh, flood the right-hand side as we were looking at it. So it would have been Watford's left-hand side. Who wins the header and we break. And I think it was Bio that put uh, Martins through. Martins one-on-one. And I, w- I was confident it was going in, and it did go in 2 1, 16 seconds into the second half. And for me, Cam, that, that was what changed the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely was. They've, um, they've clearly worked on that, as you said, that kickoff routine. I don't see the point in it. I saw them all lining up on the halfway line. I thought, really? Um, yeah, they left, uh, they left their defender, I forget which one it was, just completely 1v1 with Martins. and once Hoot wins that header, they're in trouble and Hoot normally wins his headers. So they, they clearly haven't done their research. Uh, yeah, great ball from Kone, inch perfect, really well weighted and on his weaker foot. So yeah, that was that was brilliant from him and he set Martins away. Not an easy finish at all. The, the defenders um, got very, very close to him, but keeps his composure, slots it past the keeper and yeah, from there it it was only going to get better for us, really, when you start a half like that. That's exactly what you need after after a less than um, less than ideal performance in the first half. Yeah, and it was uh, it was Martin's fifth goal of the season. And, and Katie, we've we've been on here recently again talking about Martin's and him getting back into the team. Obviously, it was his first start. I I want to say it was his first start since Swansea. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm I'm correct with that because it was Ken that come on for him at Swansea and then Ken obviously got the winning goal and has kept his um, position in the team since. Uh, if I'm incorrect, I'm sure someone will, uh, will, will correct me. But um, it's what we want to see and it's really like going to give Val a selection headache because he's clearly one of the most, if not the most talented player in that in the squad. And it's where we fit him in. Now, going forward, we obviously play, we've got a, a week to rest now. We haven't got a Tuesday game and we got Blackburn. Now, what what would you do going forward in that Blackburn game? Do you think he, he keeps his spot? He scored? Um, should he be rewarded? We obviously saw he, uh, Reese Healy score on uh, against Southampton and then Tuesday night he, he come on as a sub so there's no guarantee that just because he scored doesn't mean he's going to start what would you do coming up to that Blackburn game because we've seen that when that team has come out Semmer was playing Lewis was playing and so was Martins but that did mean we had to sort of um, we, we had to give up Espria's place in the team so it's 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 a dilemma. It's it's a decision I'm thankful I'm not having to make. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I think the best thing is it depends who else you're playing because, like we've said before, when Semmer works best when like Ryavich is playing because that link up is what is good. However, someone when like Bayer is playing, like he's better at doing things on his own. He can bring the ball up by himself, so he doesn't always need that support from Semmer. So. It kind of depends who else is playing and who you would pick. I I mean, after Martin's, Martin's performances, you can't be like, you're not going to play. However, mm. I do think the good thing around the club now is that, obviously, you play well, you should be re- rewarded. But if you aren't playing, it's not always because, oh, you're not good enough. And mm. when people come on, they are... Sh- like, I would so expect Martin's to come on or play... And I was like, he'll have a bad attitude because he hasn't played. 
no, he's come on. He's played well with the team. He's obviously playing like a team, a member of this team. He scored a goal. He's, you know, done what you would expect for him. But it was not what I thought he would have done. I would have very... <sighs> I would have not been shocked if he came on and just sort of was a bit selfish, didn't really play like with the team. But I think that's where you see a change in the players that are around the squad. And like we've said before, when people are coming on as subs, you're not coming on as a sub because Val doesn't want you to play the 90 minutes. You're coming on with a job for the team. And I think that's what we see when, if you're not picked one week, it isn't because he thinks that you're not doing well enough. It might just be that he needs fresh legs or he wants to change up the system of play. And, and I, I don't know what I would do for Blackburn because I, I would say that I would want Martins to play, but I also don't, I wouldn't want to be like, well, you should drop Ken because I don't think he's done anything that is worth dropping. Mm-hmm. But I do think Martins has, he hasn't played a lot. He's come, he's played really well. He's scored. That should be rewarded with, with a start next week. Can I just yeah, add? But- Regarding Martins, I had huge doubts about him playing on the right. I mm. think all of the good stuff he's done this season, he he's shown that he's really good at cutting in. He um he has a bit of a trademark finish with that curler from the the, the left hand side. We've seen it a few times. So yeah, I had doubts about putting him on the right, and I think Val had doubts too. But um, something had to change because Tom Ince isn't doing the business for us, and uh, Espria needed a rest. So. Yeah, I thought Martins was absolutely full of it first off when the team wasn't at his best. He sort of he looked like a bright spark. And then, yeah, second off, he, he showed he can still score from the right. And I'd be more than happy to see him there from now on. Mm. What I personally do for Blackburn is I'd like to see Yasser back in and maybe Ken is to arrest because he, I don't think he was as lively as he can be uh, yesterday. So I'd be happy to go Martins back on the left and Yasser on the right, but it's really, really nice that we have options that work on either side. That's what I was going to say, and, and you've you've also answered. I was going to get your take on it because we spoke a little bit on the way to the ground about Martins playing over on that right, and we were like, "Is he maybe put? Is he maybe going to put Martins over on the left and then Ken on the right, and then it's the whole Ken doesn't work on the right sort of thing?" But that's exactly spot on, Cam. The fact that we've got these options, if Martins is playing over on the right, Espria's on the bench, you can bring Espria on. And what a player to bring off the bench. If Espria starts, you can bring Martins on. And it's, again, what a player to have on the bench. So, you know, it, everyone knows in the championship season, with it being so ruthless and relentless, to have options like that that you can bring on, it, it, you know, that's what you need, squad depth. So, I feel like the bench, you know, recently, I think the bench has been looking really strong. Uh, Mark Schofield here said, Martin's proved he can do a good job on the right, scoring a different kind of goal, as Cam alluded to. It wasn't his usual trademark finish. We started with two normal wingers with Bio instead of Rajovic, yet looked more dangerous, which is great. And Mark also said that playing two inverted wingers, e.g. Martin's on left and Spare on right, we looked too predictable at times. And I think, I think that's spot on, to be honest. I think sometimes changing it up, and maybe they uh, maybe Preston didn't prepare for that, and maybe that that definitely helped. So it's good to see that we can switch it up and still be as dangerous because we looked really dangerous yesterday, and I really like the look of Martins. For me personally, I would stick with Martins. Um, I, I, I maybe leaning more towards what Cam said. Maybe Ken is due a rest, but that's the unpredictability we can. He, he, he didn't really get into the game much yesterday, I didn't feel. But we could go up to Blackburn and he could put in a man of the match performance and win the game for us. Like, that is Ken all over. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what a what a start that was. Uh, Martins had another chance just a, a few minutes later as well when uh, Kone and Bio linked up, but, uh, but it was blocked. And uh, and, and Hamer was, was, was still being called into action. Um, he had to deny... Brad Potts, again, I think that was from a free kick. They were getting some really good balls into the box. And then um, with 53 minutes on the clock, that man, Edo Kembe, who is proving the doubters wrong time after time and keeps improving and keeps doing brilliant things in the middle of that pitch for Watford, gets his third goal. I thought it was his second. It's actually his third goal of the season. Um, he gets his third goal of the season 
And what a hit it was, Katie. Yeah, his goal. I literally, I knew he was going to score from that. Where as soon as he did that sort of like, he looked. Yeah. And then I was like, you know it's going in. And <laughs> the thing is, genuinely, I did not think that he had these types of goal scoring. No. Like in him until this season, he suddenly, like every single podcast, we sing so much praise for him, and he just gets better and better every single game. Genuinely, he was one of the most irrelevant players last season. I was like, why did we even sign him? Why is he here? He can leave. Don't care. I even forgot about him in the summer, and then when he, in the this season, I've been like, whoa, like where where's was where's this guy been this whole time? But genuinely, he has. He just grows, all he grows with everyone, and like that midfield, he just every single person at midfield has so much to bring to the table. And the fact that we're not just relying on our strikers to score, we've got people in midfield who can score and they can score screamers as well. Like, mm. and they just look so calm and composed. And genuinely, the fact that he scored that, yeah, there was limbs in the living room, like it was, <laughs> it was madness. Yeah, when when he hit it and it went in, like there was there was limbs in the away end as well. And you mentioned there, obviously, the goal scoring isn't something we'd really associate Edo Kayembe with. We're obviously seeing him play in a more attacking role this season. Camera, our last few seasons we've seen him. He's he's actually he's been deployed as more of a defensive midfielder, which you know he, he does okay at. But I think we we're reaping the benefits of playing him in a more um, well in the eight role and. He um he actually hadn't scored he didn't score last season or the season before and when he was at Upen where we signed him from he he only scored four um that season and that's the most he's scored in a season he's four so he's already one goal off his best career best goals but and something I should probably say as well I think uh, Ben was actually going to put a, a little message on our, the start of our Christmas special because we recorded it before Preston. And I think some of the answers might have changed to some of the questions we've given. Um, but Cam, you, you're you're one of those that he's proved wrong because you really wasn't a fan, was you? And now I, I can't imagine a Watford midfield without him. Exactly. Yeah, I had him down as one of the worst midfielders I've seen play for us when he was in that that deeper role under Slovan Bilic. But boy, oh boy, has he proved me wrong. He playing further forward just suits him to a T. He's he's everywhere. He he's so physical. He's he pops up where we need him. And when we get him in the right positions, he will score goals because I think this is one thing that's been pretty evident from the start. His ball striking ability is brilliant. I mean, he had a few nearly goals last season. He uh he had one goal last season that in my eyes counts as a goal. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Mr. Stroud. Um, <laughs> but yeah, get him in the right positions, and he will give us goals. He's gonna um, he's gonna give us a consistent source of goals from midfield, and I think Valerian Ishmael is using that to our advantage. Him, him, and Kone, they're having a lot more shots lately, and yeah, I think that, more that's goals. more to do with the confidence that's brewing through the team as well at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, I, but I think it's sort of we know we can't rely on Bio and Ryovic to to score goals consistently. What we can rely on is getting our midfielders in the right places, let them have a go, and we know they've got the quality to to work keepers at this level, and that's gonna that's gonna be a big source of goals for us this season. When was the last time we we had sort of? A consistent goal scoring machine from midfield was it Decore? Decore, sort of Capu, so same era, I'd say, really. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's that's going to be huge for us this season. And if you if you're a team that wants to compete with the best, you need you need multiple ways to score goals, you can't just rely on your forwards having a good game. So yeah, to have goals from from all over the pitch, really, it's it's just it's great for us. Yeah, and and that that signals having goals all over the pitch really does signal the the team togetherness. And like you say, not having to rely on strikers. I know Ryovic has got seven at the moment. Bio's now on six in all competitions. 
uh, five in just the league. But we've actually had three, six, nine, twelve, thirteen different goal scorers already this season. Um, Rajovic, Bio, Martins, Espria, Kayembe, Kone, Who Ints, Healy, Sema, Luza, Deli Bashiru, and Andrews. And that to me just signifies the team, the, like us being the team for the first time in God knows how long. Uh, and not having to rely on that one player is, is brilliant. Now, um, 3 1 up. And it's coming to around the 60th minute. I think, in fact, it was the 67th minute where Val's first subs happened. And me and Cam looked at each other and were like, right, this is pretty make or break now because I've watched Watford for the best part of 20 years. And if anyone can fuck a 3-1 lead up, it's Watford. Even at 5-1, I said to Cam, if anyone's going to lose 6-5, it's Watford. Um so the subs for me, I think the last couple of games, I, I think we've we've openly said, I think Val's got the subs wrong the last couple of games for me. So there was a lot lying on these these subs, and it was a triple sub that was made, sixty-seven minutes in, and we saw Porteous, Rajovic, and Pollock come on for Sema, Deli Bashiru, and Martins, which meant that Ryan Porteous was playing as a right wing back in that second half. Um, Katie, when you saw those subs come on, what what were your thoughts? I mean, we, we mentioned Deli Bashiru was having to play over on, on right back. So, you know, uh, he did all right considering he was being asked to play out of position. Sema didn't really get into the game much. And then Martins, first game, well, first game he started in a while. So I didn't expect him to play the full 90. But were you happy with those? I mean, two very defensive ones and maybe a, a hint of right, let's really start making sure we're secure at the back now and don't let them back in it. But then Rajovic coming on as well, that meant we went two up top. Was was you happy with those subs? Yeah, I thought that the subs were, I mean, they were a lot like more defensive, like hold on to this, make sure we keep it. But, you know, I was happy to see um, like Pollock come on because I feel like he's come on a lot mm. this season and he has done job when he's come on I've never always been I've never been that uh impressed by him but this season you know he's come on and he's he's really done the job so I was yeah I was fine with the subs I thought that we were in control of the game it wasn't too late wasn't too early so I didn't they I wasn't thinking oh I wouldn't have made those subs but you know we, we were in control so I wasn't concerned I think the last couple of games especially where we might have been sort of chasing something out of the game. You look at Southampton, obviously chasing, uh, trying to get back into the game, an equaliser. Um, same against Ipswich, you know, I think we were level for large majority of the game as well. And then the, the subs maybe killed the the killed it a bit stone dead, probably at the wrong time those subs were. And like we say, Cam, we were in a little bit more control. So maybe that little bit more flexibility in terms of, you know, being able to to make these subs and not sort of be on the wrong end of it. But it was still, you know, there was still a lot riding on them because of how they've been the last few games. What did you make of those subs when, when they were made? I think Val was trying to experiment a bit while we're in a a, a dominant position, as you say. He uh, he went to 3-5-2, something he's, he's done before. But I think he's just trying to see can we get something out of uh, of Rajovic and Bio as a front two, first of all? And um, can uh, he, I think he wanted to test out players like Matty Pollock, see um, see how they are at the level, because we haven't seen a lot of Matty Pollock this season. Mm. Um, obviously, last season he struggled. He's looked okay, but fairly untested in his brief appearances this season. So, yeah, it's nice to see him get a, a more extended run out. I would have liked to see Healy a bit earlier, but to be honest, I think that ship sailed now. If he wasn't going to get a, a decent run out there, then when is he going to get a decent run out? So, yeah, I mean, I, I was, when he made the subs, I, I was thinking, right, we're bringing on two centre-backs here, really. Uh, but, yeah, clearly he, he had a, a different plan than to go defensive. He just wanted to try something new. 
Yeah, and, and Warwick uh, pretty much agrees with what you say there in terms of Healy. He would have brought Healy on for Rajovic who offered nothing. And even with uh, free header, Mr. Target. And yeah, that was uh, that was close to going in and should have put it away. And to be honest, usually does in those areas. So last couple of games, though, I think he's, uh, I think the Ipswich, you know, he obviously had the chance, which Espria ended up uh, cleaning up. And then Leicester, he had the chance in the six-yard box as well. So I don't know whether confidence is a bit of an issue there. I mean, he, he's, he's only scored two away from home out of the seven games. He's uh, the seven goals he's got. I think only two of them are away. I want to say, and then five of them at home. So yeah, it, it was certainly interesting, and um, I, I, it was definitely interesting to see Porteous. We've seen him in, in goal this season, and now we've <laughs> seen him at right wing back. Uh, I, I, I must say, I, I much prefer him at centre-back. But I think even Porteous the last few games, you know, there, there were people likening him to um, to Christian Cabaselli, basically saying how erratic he can be and, um, you know, he's the, the way that he plays. And Cabo was always quite erratic and uh, sometimes a red card waiting to happen. And I think a lot of people thought that Porteous was just got to be that type of defender again. And I think recently he's definitely shored his performances up. And it might go back to what someone said in the comments earlier about, I think it was Joe actually, when he said that the back four look a lot calmer with Hamer behind them. So, you know, maybe that does help. And, uh, you know, I really like Porteous and I want it to work out for him. And he always plays a blinder for, for Scotland. And uh, I think they play a back three. So maybe that that's another option we can lean on, as, as we said earlier. We're able to change it up and still put in performances like that. But the subs didn't affect it in a bad way because three minutes later, uh, or four minutes later, sorry, Bio gets his seconds of the game. And at this point, I'm buzzing. I'm like, Bio's got two goals. Really wanted him to get the hat trick. But I kept saying to you, Cam, that they're probably going to drag him for, for Reese Healy. And I think they did end up doing that. But yes, I'm delighted for Bio. But one man I want to talk about again here. Kayembe. I watched it back on the uh, on the highlights today and that ball that he plays through, Kayembe's in, in space. He can either go to his right or he can take another shot himself. Bear in mind, he's already got the confidence from scoring the third goal and it was closer than he hit it for the third goal. But no, he plays a ball through the perfectly weighted pass, pitch perfect, like on a sixpence for him, and Bio puts a goal in, and it was a brilliant goal as well. Uh, Woodman nowhere near reaching it, but what a ball that was come from Kayembe, wasn't it? And again, it shows how well he's been doing this season and the vision he had to put to pick that pass for Bio. Yeah, let's go back a bit further first because yeah. that move starts with uh, with Bio picking the ball up outside our box, carrying it forward a little bit, holding it up. Just waiting, waiting, and he found a brilliant pass to Edo Kayembe. But not only that, he obviously had the determination to run from the halfway line into their box. And yeah, his run here is brilliant. And it's it's even better the the ball to him to pick him out. It's Kevin De Bruyne esque, as the uh, as the Watford Twitter account pointed out. But the defending is um, uh, you'd you'd want more as a Preston fan, wouldn't you? I mean. No one's picking up Bio. No one's closing down KMB. It's really a disaster from them. But you know, it's it's just such a good um good team goal from us, I'd say. And nice to see Bio show a bit of composure in front of goal as well, because we've seen him squander many chances like that before. And I think that's what confidence does to you. Absolutely. And and that is why I'm buzzing for him. You see how much it means to him as well. And I love that, you know, this, all we want at the end of the day is players that want to play for this club and that love the club. And this group of players is that group of players that we're, we we want in an ideal situation. Bio, you can tell, works his socks off. He wants to score goals. You Don't don't forget, Bio was brought in. He was, uh, he was one of the Mogi buyout deals. He was brought in. Then he was loaned back to Charleroi. And... All of this, I think Andrew French did an interview with him and he didn't ask to be loaned back. And he he was bought and straight away the fans were on his back. 
And he sort of got a bit of an unfair crack at the whip, to be honest. And yes, he is frustrating at times, but he works hard and he will chip in with goals this season. And I do firmly believe he will get double figures because we what we're, we're at Christmas time now. He's he's on five. If, if he can get a, a run of games and, and get a few goals in the belt, look, bloody Rajovic has done seven already. So we we said at the start of the season we could see Bio getting double figures. So I was absolutely delighted for him, and I thought the finish he took really really well because we've seen him in that position before put him horrifically wide. It wouldn't have surprised me if it went over or went out for a throw-in or whatever. Um, Mark said he was a bit bemused by the subs, but within minutes, he made it 4-1, so the nerves were quickly settled. And then on 78 minutes, this is what was even better. I mean, because if anyone's ever been to Preston, you don't have a... The scoreboard is above where the away fans sit, so you can't actually see the time. So there's a clock, but I think yesterday we actually kicked off just after three o'clock. I don't know why. Um, so you don't actually have a ticking clock to go by. So at this point, I'm thinking, right, you know, Kone's just whacked in number five, his second goal of the season. Uh, two corkers of uh, goals, by the way. He might be up for a goal of the season award come the end of the season. Um, and... I'm thinking, right, 5-1, happy days, the game's going to finish in a minute, and brilliant. It was 78 minutes around the clock. We still had quite a bit of time to go by. But Katie, Kone's another one recently where he's got into the team. He obviously got dropped because he missed his alarm, I think it was, and you could tell he was gutted about that. And he got back into the squad, and he's just been dynamite ever since. And again, it all goes down to that midfield three. They look so calm. They look like they know what the, the job is and they're working so well as a threesome. And Kone is going from strength to strength. You can see why he was so highly rated. And I think he won Canada's Young Player of the Year as well. And that boy's going places. Yeah, I think as well. Um, it's obvious that they all know what they're doing and it's, and it's clear that they all get on as a group. Like, there's not one person who is a bit iffy. They all, all three of them know. And compared this midfield to like last year's midfield, we're playing much more attacking football nowadays. Like, the midfield is exciting. It's something that they all want. They're all looking for goal scoring opportunities, but they can also defend if needed. They can do both quite well. I feel like in the past we've had. A very defensive midfield that can't uh, attack or the other way and this I feel like now we've got a really good balance of both and Cody he just it's like him me he just gets better and better every single game when Cody first came here I was a bit like oh I feel like he's not really going to do a lot he hasn't really made a mark here he'll probably go in the summer um, and then this season it's just but I feel like every player has transformed. Like every single player has become this different player. And it just shows that sometimes you don't need new players because the, the player's been there. It's just been either the coaching or the other people in the squad. And it just shows how when you stick with stability and the same manager, and you know, you let players play with people that they get on with and there's no ego issues. A team can form out of people who last season... If you'd shown me this team, I would have been like, oh, well, it's probably not even that good. Like, I don't really rate much of these players. Now, I would say that Kone is up for player of the season. That's, uh, yeah, that's, he, he's, he's certainly someone, I mean, we saw flashes of brilliance from him last season and then this season. And he was very much a, um, a sort of flash in a pan at times, I think, you know, would do something spectacular and then, you sort of wouldn't see him again for a bit and he might do something else. But this season, he's been a lot more complete with his performances and he is one of the better midfielders in, in the Championship, full stop, I think. I think we've got one of the strongest midfields in the league uh, on their day, but it's making sure that they have their day regularly. Um, and, you know, he, he's going places. I think I read an interview, um, I think Andrew French did one about Kone, and I think they said Sheffield United wanted him, but we we got him at the last minute or something. So um, you know he's he's definitely 
been on the radar of uh, of some some other teams, and I'm sure he will be and will continue to be if he uh, he keeps growing the way that he does. Um, I mean, five one. We were in absolute dreamland. We did see Chuck the Dadsy come on, and we also saw Healy come on. Both didn't do too much. Chuck the Dadsy put a great ball in for Rajevic, which Rajevic should have scored, uh, but he put wides, and it was a free header in the uh, in the box as well. So a little bit disappointing for Rajevic there. Again, someone else I feel a bit sorry for. Um, I mean, he's he's superb at home, but away from home he just he just can't quite click and. I think he'll struggle to get back in the side now unless he does what Bio does and, and, and bides his time or he comes off the bench and scores. Um, but I, I think we, we're going to see Bio a lot more in the, in the starting eleven, and, and hopefully he grabs the opportunity with both hands and he takes it really well. But 5-1, the final score in Lancashire, Preston. Uh, we're, back, we're back up that way on Saturday against Blackburn, so hopefully... Another similar result would be absolutely marvellous. But, I mean, Cam, to go to Preston, and we, we know our away form is a bit ropey, and we met a couple of people um, in, inside the ground, and, you know, they sort of said, well, how do you feel about today? And I would have took a 1-1 going into that. Just how big, of a res- how big of a result is that coming away from... I know they're not being great recently, but to go and win 5-1 whether it's at home or away, but considering our away form, does it just illustrate the growth that this team is going through at the moment? Yeah, it's not just the growth in in quality and uh, growth in sort of the, the tactics going on. It's the growth in mentality as well. Mm. Last season, we could not go away from home. Yes, we beat Stoke 4-0, but that was a very unconvincing performance and it was dictated by one individual performance from Imran Loser. But... Mm. For to go away and put in team performances like we are doing, and that 5 1 win is exactly what we as fans deserve, and I think the team deserve it too because it, it's it's been coming. We, we've had a few scrappy away wins at Swansea and Hull, and now we've absolutely blown a team away. And it's it's like the Watford of old, isn't it? It's just so much better than what we've been uh treated to the past three four years. Long may it continue. Yeah, so many people said, you know, we're just waiting for that one performance where it clicks. Hopefully, yesterday was that performance. The promotion season in lockdown, it was a Bristol City home game, 6-1. You know, we went on then to have a magnificent run and we, we got automatically promoted. I mean, I'm just looking now at the, uh, the home and away tables. I mean, obviously, we know we're quite strong at home. Away, we've picked up 12 points from 10 games. In the whole of last season, we only picked up 24 points. So we're halfway, you know, to our away total uh, already. And we, we've still got 30 away games left to play. So it'll be interesting to to see what that looks like come the end of the season because it's all well and good playing well at home, Katie. But if you don't match it away, it's pretty useless and you're not going to be able to mount any sort of playoff challenge. You've got to be good home and away and if we can keep continuing picking up results, whether it's scrappy like Swansea or whether it's, you know, bloody marvellous like it was yesterday, it's all about getting that momentum, isn't it? Yeah, and it's just about keeping consistent throughout everything. And I, it's it's time now where we can start looking at these games. And I know some games it's very easy to be like, oh, well, the other team were horrific. Like, like they were so bad, but now we can actually look at the team and go, no, we are a good side. We are playing well. You know, even though Preston and Hull, they're both teams were above us, we, we thrashed them. We played really well. Like, I mean, we didn't thrash Hull, but I still think we um, were the better side. And it wasn't just because Hull were poor. Like, we were better. And mm. every game, um, even though I just see it as like, even though we lost to Ipswich, we don't let those... We, we went to Ipswich, we played well, probably should have won. We then move on to our next game and we're not letting that get in the way. We're not being like, oh, we lost, our heads are going down. We would probably look at that and go, we played really well, probably should have won. Now we go and we move on to the next one. We just keep thinking ahead, ahead, ahead. And that's what we've been doing. We, we The only losses have been against Leicester and Ipswich. That's, that's so good. 
And that is when it can't just be like, oh, well, the other teams are rubbish. No, we are a good side and we can push for those playoff positions. Yeah, absolutely. I think someone tweeted something similar to what you just said, actually, how we, we, we before the game, we couldn't let Tuesday inconvenience us and be like, oh, right, well, we've got to start all over again. We've lost two in the last 13 games, I think it is. And those two games we lost against the top two in the league, that's not bad. That isn't bad at all. And, you know, the Ipswich game, we were well in it. And I know a few of their fans got pissed off with us on the podcast. They got hold of the, uh, the last episode and they were like, well, if you were as good as us, you'd be in the same position in the table as us. I'm like, well, well I'm, I'm not saying we're as good as you. I'm saying for that game, we played well yeah. and should have got something out of the game. But, um, but I mean, the, the, the last... The last 10 games now, we picked up 18 points. Last five games, we picked up 10 points. We're only Leicester and Ipswich, who have got 13, and Southampton, who have got 11 points, have, uh, have picked up more points than us. So we're, we're joint fourth in the form table for the last five games, and we really are picking up the points. I mean, as it stands, we're five points outside the playoffs. So for me, uh, we, we need to, to keep getting those points on the board because there will become a gap. That gap will get more sizable. You, you, looking at the table now, West Brom are currently drawing one-one with Stoke, but from fourth to fifth, there's a, a six-point gap already. So it's like you know, if we want to get into the playoffs, we there, there's a gap starting to appear already. We've got to keep within yeah. touching distance of the of, of the the playoff pack, and. It doesn't get any easier next, to be honest. And I think Blackburn, I know they're going through a bit of a wobbly time, I think. Um, they, they're they on the same points as us, 31 from 22. They've, they've won one one game in the last four, uh, and, and that was against Bristol City, which they won 2-1. Uh, they lost to Sheffield Wednesday as well, which was, uh, I know they've turned a bit of a corner, but not, not a, a result you'd expect. But in terms of that, uh, we won't go into it um, too much because we've got a Blackburn preview, especially for that. But in terms of Blackburn, Katie, would you make any changes from the team today? Like yesterday, Roger? <laughs> uh, uh, I, I don't know. I would probably keep that team like because the team came out and like they play really well. And it, it is so good to know that we have that like selection. Mm. Maybe I would put a Sprilla back in, but again, I'm not really sure. I I would probably rest Ken. I would. Yeah. I'd take Ken out for the game. You know, he's played nonstop since Swansea. Like let let him have a let him have a week off. I'd put a Sprilla back in because he's obviously been rested. Mm-hmm. Um, Apart from that, though, I'd probably keep it how... Oh, no, Andrews. I'd put Andrews mm-hmm. back in. Uh, yeah, those are probably the changes I would make. Let's bring yeah. on Andrews. And you, Cam? I I agree with uh, with Andrews coming back in. I think that's the obvious one. And yeah. I also agree I'd give Ken a rest and put Yasser back in, put Martins back on the left. One other change I'd, I'd definitely be making is putting Ryan Porteous back in for Sierra. I think, uh, I don't think Sierra was bad by any means, but first half, he was just way too slow and undecisive on the ball. I, I think that really stopped us from being able to play the way we wanted to play. And yeah, he was, he was improved second half, but I'd, I'd definitely be putting Ryan Porteous back in for his qualities on the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Mark Schofield said he'd definitely keep the same 11 to start against Blackburn, except Andrews for Delhi. Like Cam said, I think that's the obvious one. No, nothing against Delhi Bashira. I, I think he gives it his all when he comes on the pitch, but he's not an actual right back. And Andrews has got that rest now. Um, you know, he, he's, he didn't come on at all. So start him against Blackburn, and he, he's, he's a more natural, natural right back. And yeah, like I say, we're going to chat to a Blackburn fan, Ryan, who's been on this podcast many, many times. Uh, we'll be chatting to him on Wednesday night, I believe. So make sure that you tune into that. I'm not sure who's doing it with me yet. Um, and then, yeah, on Saturday, travelling all the way back up there as well. Um, yeah, travelling all that way again. 
next town along to Blackburn. Um, I think Cam jokingly said, how much would it be to stop up there the whole week? Because it's bloody relentless, especially so close to Christmas as well. But we're either we're either stupid or, or really loyal, one of the two, or probably both. But hopefully another win for Watford on the road. Thank you very, very much for watching this stream today. Uh, we do hope you've enjoyed it. We're absolutely loving the amount of content we're putting out at the moment. I know it might seem a lot. I think there was like a couple of days rest in between a few videos because of the midweek. Midweek-wise, we want to start putting out more content. We want to go live straight after the game. Uh, and then, obviously, we'll we'll talk about the, the, um, the weekend game. So, sort of might be getting two, three pods a week, maybe more. Uh, I believe the Christmas special is due out this week uh, before the Blackburn game. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I know Ben has been working hard editing it down because it was quite long when we did it. So we want to edit it down and make it as as uh, as watchable as possible for you guys at home. And like I said, that was recorded before the Preston game because I think a few picks maybe would have been changed had we done it this week instead. Um, and obviously... Everyone at Voice of the Vic wants to send their, their their thoughts and prayers with with Tom Lockyer and his family after he suffered a, a cardiac arrest again yesterday against Bournemouth. Obviously, it happened in the playoff final against Coventry, and uh, yeah, hopefully, I believe he's alert and re responsive when he was on the stretcher and he's in hospital, uh, and um, hopefully, some tests can be done to to see why it keeps happening, but. Uh, yeah, you know, our thoughts definitely with, with Luton Town and everyone connected with Tom Lockyer. Um, and then I think the, the the last thing, like I say, me, I don't know who will be with me yet, but we'll be back on Wednesday evening. Uh, don't forget to like this video, um, hit subscribe and stay safe and come on, you horns. Sports Social Podcast Network.